Hey y'all, welcome to the Goth and the Sloth. This is your goth, Luna, <laughs> and that's your sloth. And I'm Matt the Sloth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not used to this intro thing, but I'll get used to it. Get used to hearing my voice at the beginning sometimes. Sometimes. Every other time, I guess. <laughs> Uh, so we're a podcast of two friends living a country apart, and this season we are doing Werewolf Edition, where we will be talking about werewolf movies Yes, uh, in no particular order, uh, just because we like them. Yeah, because there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them, <laughs> and they're all super cool. And they're all a little different. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with what's going on in our world. Uh, what's going on with you, Matt? Oh, uh, lots of band stuff. Uh, we got a show coming up. We just finished recording a music video. Um, in two weeks, we're set to record another song. Um, it'll be our first two, our first song that we get paid for on our Patreon. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com slash Leonardo the Leonardo oh, yeah, Band. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I need to sign up for that. Uh, all right i'm doing it right now keep going (laughs) so all that going on um it's uh you know starting to get summery and all the restrictions are being lifted so doing a lot of going around doing stuff stuff (laughs) Um, yeah it's officially hot person summer yeah mostly like actually just hot just, it's really hot just outside <laughs> physically hot it's already in triple digits in colorado and that doesn't happen <laughs> <laughs> it's true well it does just like not all the time not not this early though just oh that's worrying. a good point when is it what day is it i don't know i don't know what's <laughs> happening anymore no that sounds awesome so what's uh that's what's been stuff. up with you uh, well, I am officially at a new address. Huzzah! I live in a new place. Um, so that is a sense of accomplishment and also doom, because all of the <laughs> chaos that was in my old apartment is now chaos in my new apartment. And I need to, like, figure out where all the stuff goes. And, like, I, this is a slightly smaller space, so I need to get a little um, creative uh. about where things live and then i have to decorate decorate i don't know what decorating is <laughs> curating you're curating your decor, decor. yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> sounds like someone that would put boat themed stuff all over their pla their place oh, i'm no. decorating <laughs> oh boy no no just all the walls are different types of decks <laughs> This sounds terrible. Get me out of here. (laughs) Uh, No, so that's basically it. I've been um, working a lot, which is good, especially because of the move and all the upfront costs of moving. Oh, yeah. So um, it's all going to work out, but it's just like, holy crap, I'm tired. What? I was already tired, and now I'm still tired. Yeah. (laughs) Help. But I'm surviving. Um, I've been uh, bartending karaoke night, which is really fun because I have never done karaoke. And uh, this is like goth karaoke. So like it has all the regular karaoke songs, but like plus like punk, goth, emo, whatever, dark wave, whatever. Um, And it's like super fun to watch people get up and like do their thing. 
like, you know, whether they are imbibing or not in the wares that I have in <laughs> alcohol form. <laughs> um, it's just fun to watch people do their thing and like dance and stuff. So I usually spend my time dancing behind the bar uh, to stay awake. But um, maybe one of these days I'll sing. I don't know. There you go. I haven't decided. It just seems so weird. And also, I'm not drinking because I'm bartending. So then I don't get to have the special boost of special liquid friend. <laughs> but you can get so, up and do uh, your rendition of Bye 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 with all the dance moves. Because I know you know that dance by heart. Okay, I probably <laughs> could do that. Maybe what I'll do is that I'll just be a backup dancer for anybody that wants to do anything. <laughs> I'll be like, watch the bar. I got to go dance. (laughs) I don't know. But it's just been like, it's just been something new to look forward to every week um, because it's just different. Yeah. Done it. So, yeah, that's what I've been up to. Very exciting. And I just joined your Patreon. It's only a dollar per song. It's a real good deal. It is a real good deal. And you also get access to custom vi- or uh, special videos and entire shows. So it's all fun I stuff. I love Patreon. Like as an artist and as a friend of artists, I love it's such a great way to support my friends and everything they're doing. So I'm here for it. Very cool. Um, all right. So are you ready to jump into this week's video yeah video film (laughs) what's that word i guess it is technically a video i mean i watched it digitally so i guess that makes it a video but yeah i mean but it is also a work of art so it It is is a film it is a film which film (laughs) are we discussing so we are going to be discussing an american werewolf in london Uh, so I'm going to start off with a synopsis, which, uh, as I mentioned in last in the last episode, we are not going to be avoiding spoilers on the show. So if you are not interested in hearing the synopsis, I'm sorry, I guess. Um, <laughs> and then also, on a more serious note, there is a lot of talk about suicide in this episode. So the mm-hmm. trigger warning, if you do not want to hear that, uh, then this may not be the episode to listen to uh listen to like last week's or like other stuff that we talk about there you go (laughs) (laughs) so uh an american werewolf in london is a 1981 horror film though some say it's a horror comedy which i would argue it is not i wouldn't agree yeah (laughs) horror tragedy with some laughing yeah in it (laughs) yes that that sounds about right (laughs) Uh, The film was written and directed by John Landis, who famously directed popular comedies such as Coming to America, National Lampoon's Animal House, The Blues Brothers. And I didn't know this, but he also directed Michael Michael Jackson's music videos for Thriller. Yep, he sure did. I had no idea. I feel like I should have known that, (laughs) but I didn't. So here we are. (laughs) Um, The film is basically a movie about a ghost and a werewolf who are best friends. <laughs> uh, no, I'll go into it. But it stars uh, David uh, Naughton. I, I actually don't know how to say his last name, so I hope I'm not 
saying it terribly, but David Naughton as uh, David Kessler, the character David Kessler. He is Wolf Boy. Mm -hmm. And Griffin Dunn as David's best friend, Jack Goodman, who is Ghost Boy. (laughs) And Jenny Aguder, Sure. (laughs) As the nurse uh, and love interest, Alex. So uh, she's human human girl yes (laughs) (laughs) so the film starts as david and jack are backpacking in the moors of yorkshire which is like northeast england south of scotland um except everyone has a cockney accent (laughs) i don't i don't really know how accurate that is uh they get to a small town called east proctor and enter a pub they hang out tolerate some racist jokes before they irritate the townsfolk by commenting on a large pentagram on the wall they decide to leave the pub and the townsfolk warn them that they should stay on the main road but of course they do not do that they do not they are attacked by a wolf which kills jack and scratches david i wasn't sure if it was a bite or scratch but he has scars the skin is broken yes um after a couple of nightmares starring wolf human monsters and wolf nazis uh <laughs> david's best friend Jack appears to him in excellent special effects makeup. Oh yeah, um, as like a fresh kill, and Jack explains that he is undead and that David should kill himself so that all of the undead victims from the line of werewolves can rest peacefully. Instead of doing that, <laughs> Jack decides to go home with uh, his nurse, whose name is Alex Price, and do the thing. After said doing of the thing, <laughs> very, very 80s sex scene, by the way. Um, David sees Jack again, uh, but now he's rotting. He's in a, a subpar state of flesh. Um, Jack continues to urge David to kill himself because he will be turning into a wolf the following night and will kill people. David transforms, as predicted, and kills six people throughout the city. The next day, he wakes up super naked with some wolves and has to make it back to Alex's apartment. Once he realizes he is responsible for the murders, he tries to get himself arrested, but it doesn't work. Which, I mean, is just bizarre to me. Like, imagine a police force that, like, won't arrest you. What? It's... (laughs) It's the caucasity of it. It is the caucasity. <laughs> and the Britash-city. <laughs> hey, their police force doesn't have gun- don't have guns, so... It's true. They got something going for them. Uh, he runs into a sexy theater which uh, where he sees his best friend at his, um, I guess, furthest stage of decay. Mm-hmm. Again, awesome special effects makeup. Uh, super dead Jack introduces David to his recently killed victims from the night before, and in a strange, morbid chorus, they urge David to kill himself before he kills again. Yeah. Uh, David transforms and murders everyone in the theater, bursts into the street, causing causing utter chaos and a literal chain reaction of destruction. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then in full wolf form, he runs down a dead-end alley where uh, Alex finds him. She professes her love for him, and he lunges at her to kill her, and the police open fire. The movie ends pretty abruptly, 
on as Alex cries over David's dead human body. Ta-da. Ta-da. <laughs> so much comedy. So funny. <laughs> Isn't that funny? God. I saw that it, it was like I could, more than once classified as a horror comedy, and I was like, to who? Yeah. <laughs> no, I saw that too when I was looking up info, and I'm like, I mean, it, there's some giggle parts, I guess. I mean, par- yeah. part of it sounds like a setup to a joke, like a ghost and a werewolf go into a porn theater. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then bad, bad things happen. <laughs> and nobody laughs at the end. No. God. Uh, yeah. What a what a bizarre classification. Um. So... I would love to jump into um, some impressions that I got from the film, but Matt, did you have any anything you'd like to add after uh, your your initial watch or any impressions that you had from there? Oh yeah, I got some notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, so the first one I, I like is uh, the the bar they go into at the beginning is called the Slaughtered Lamb. Mm-hmm. That's a great band name, and if someone needs to have used it already, please. I'm sure that's a band. <laughs> if that's not a band, the the world is wrong. I don't know what to tell you. That would be tragic. And then they also use the songs uh, "Blue Moon" and "Bad Moon Rising." Yes, and they were. Yes, they do. They're, they're very on the snout. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they were. (laughs) Part of me died, but also part of me laughed. So here we are. So those are my (laughs) bad jokes. But um, so after they get attacked and like, um, you know, David, uh, you know, barely survives. And his friend, I already forgot his name. His friend gets like just destroyed, torn apart. And they're like, it was just an escaped lunatic. Yeah. In in what world? (laughs) Yeah, Scotland, Scotland Yard's like, meh, whatever. Like, it's just, that's totally normal shredding of the skin. Let's just leave this alone. Good Lord. A regular human man just, just ripped this guy in, uh, apart just with yeah. his bare hands. Mm-hmm. Totally. So he really grew his nails out that day. So uh, yeah, uh, what what other impressions you you got on it? So uh, one thing I wanted to talk about was that I really like the mythos of oh, werewolves yeah. in this one. Yep. Like I love the idea that so there are a lot of um, uh, nods to the Wolfman, which was our last episode. If you're curious what that one was about, um, and in the Wolfman there isn't really anything about a bloodline. Yeah. It's just that you get scratched by the wolf. You will turn into a wolf. You, the pentagram shows up in the wolf man as the harbinger of death, essentially. Like if you see the pentagram in the palm of someone's hand, they are the next victim of the wolf. Uh, we didn't see that in this film, but the idea that, an entire werewolf bloodline needs to be killed in order to let the victims rest is super cool. Uh, and mostly because I think that it'd be really awesome 
to have a bunch of pissed off werewolf victim ghosts <laughs> and like the towns would be full of poltergeists just like yeah i've had it i'm done with this dead bullshit nobody's doing anything about this like that would be but like british <laughs> oh martha i'm so tired of this death <laughs> <laughs> that was your British impression. <laughs> it's my stuffy British impression. You you heard it here f- first, folks. That's this will forever live in history. <laughs> uh, yeah. You... So I just thought that was a really cool uh, interpretation of the mythos. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I put in my notes at how much it referenced the Wolfman to begin with. Um. And, but yeah, they build on a lot of that mythos on top of it. Um, it's and they er- not erase, but they go against some of it too, because there's no talk in uh, Werewolf in London about silver bullets being required or silver to kill him. No, and they laugh at it. Yeah, even like he was like, "Don't I need a silver bullet?" and like. Jack just laughs at him. Yeah. When like, the, that's a silly idea. Yeah, when they go through all the ways he can kill himself, which is a... That's that was, a hilarious scene in this comedy. It's just so <laughs> funny. <laughs> God. I mean, I could see how, like, at the time, there probably was an element of, um, of comedy to it, specifically because that one couple was, like, cheerful and smiling the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, well, how about this? Well, how about this? Like, that is very British comedy to me. Yeah. Um, But, like, overall, just six people being like, why don't you fucking shoot yourself in the head? Yeah. <laughs> like, that, not cool. Yeah, there's... Not, not cool. There's like, <laughs> yeah, just take a long walk off a short pier. <laughs> <sighs> oh, my God. Um, One of the other thoughts i had or uh things i wanted to note was the use of humor in the film so like we've been talking about like there is humor in the film but i wouldn't call it a comedy yeah (laughs) (laughs) but the use of humor in the film is important um like throughout the movie the americans are framed as like this colorful foreground in a dreary, stereotypically serious landscape of London and English society where everyone's like drab and unsmiling and super serious and stuff like that. I I know that this is a stereotype. I've been to London many times. People are cheery. Um, It's mostly just making fun of like the royals. Yeah. (laughs) When people talk about that, Um, which I mean, eh. So... (laughs) (laughs) but regardless of every situation that David finds himself in from his friend dying to moments before his final transformation into a wolf, David is using humor to cope through everything. Mm -hmm. And as, uh, as a person with a lot of anxiety, I, uh, relate entirely too much to that trope and, I 100% felt called out by this movie that was made before I was born. <laughs> so, yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> uh, trust me, as, as my dad was going through all his cancer treatments, all we did was make jokes, even to the doctors. Like, that's what we did. Like, Yeah, and it's super important. <laughs> it's how you get through. And so, 
like in the movie the only time humor dissipates is when he is a wolf mm-hmm. when his when his humanity is completely absent so i personally felt encouraged uh by the notion that humor in is his humanity yeah and despite how uncomfortable it might have be to others in some of the situations where he's using comedy it is still what he needed to make it to the next moment mm-hmm. like if you can't laugh at yourself wearing a fuzzy coat with no shoes in <laughs> a line for a train or a bus then i don't i don't know how to hope you yeah. like that's not a time to be serious what are you going to do about it <laughs> like yeah um so yeah, I just thought that the use of humor was fun. Yeah, absolutely. I just wouldn't call it a comedy. No, <laughs> it's it, it, being this being called a comedy reminds me of when The Martian, you know, the Matt Damon movie won Best Comedy at the Golden Globes, and I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> Whoa, I don't remember that. Yeah, that was a thing that happened. And it's really weird. <laughs> that is terrible. It's like it's got funny moments. Every movie should have some funny moments. Like, even Les Miserables has some funny moments. Oh, God, man. <laughs> it's, it's one word. It's not that hard to say. You just intentionally butcher it every time. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you're totally right. You need, you need humor to balance serious themes in movies, um, even if it's, like, just a breath. Yeah of fresh air it doesn't have to be like slapstick um and there are ways to do to give people that breath in different ways which i also appreciate um but yeah i just thought that in this film it was it was pretty fun especially like to contrast the you should kill yourself it's like um uh, <laughs> um <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah you're gonna need to make me laugh to watch this film um so yeah, and I did like I there was this really interesting scene like um I wouldn't say that this film is like rife with uh commentary about classism or anything like that, but they they do talk a little bit. Uh, there are some scenes where it's like clearly they're talking about yeah. some larger things. Um and like I liked how the character Alex, the love interest, mm-hmm. like they portray her as this hardworking, you know, working class girl who is like trying to just do her thing, live her life, and is like sexually active. Yeah. She talks about having like a one night stand and stuff like that, or three one night stands. And she, like, sleeps with him, like, basically takes her patient home and sleeps with him. Not something you're really supposed to do, by the way. Just kind of throw that out there. Not a good idea if you want to keep your job. But, um, so they, like, paint her as this, like, hardworking individual that would essentially, like, earn, if we're looking at the kind of pull-yourself-up-by-your-bootstraps trope, mm-hmm. like, she is the type of person that would would be considered to have earned her right. Yeah. Or like her, you know, her lifestyle or whatever. Um, and she mentions that like, she's working hard, but inflation is just getting out of control and she's not going to be able to afford stuff, which I, and then like, um, 
I believe, if I remember correctly, it cuts, like, almost immediately to the scene on the train with, uh, or on the tube with the punks making out, and, like, he's, David's in the background making faces, so it's, like, this, like, super short, like, series of two scenes where it shows her, like, struggling to keep her space and keep her footing as like the world is hurling forward britain is hurling forward with or without her progress is happening and it was like almost a moment that was really serious and then of course david comes in with humor and which is kind of perfect like i just really enjoyed like that there was like that moment of like oh shit and then it was like here are some funny faces on a train (laughs) and it makes her laugh Mm -hmm. and then they leave, you know? And it's like, okay, sometimes things aren't that serious. Sometimes you can just enjoy things, including this movie. Yes. Um, but that said, (laughs) I'm gonna take it real serious Uh, for a second. (laughs) So as with, um, pretty much every, a uh, werewolf movie there's almost always going to be some sort of discussion around what the monster is or what the trauma is mm-hmm. that is this werewolf right and i won't go through all of them with every single one but i will tell you which one uh kind of called out to me the most from the film okay. and in this particular film um i thought of the invisible struggles of addiction and depression in particular okay like it could be anything it could be like literally any thought or idea or struggle that could be represented by the monster but for in this film i was thinking specifically of addiction and depression because the in those cases which i have experienced with depression not necessarily addiction but uh from my experience in the case it it definitely feels like um, you're struggling against an impossible obstacle. Uh, another one would be like, I mean, addiction covers so many things like mm-hmm. eating disorders and everything else. So like, that's why I chose that one. Um, and so there, in many ways, like there, there are so many ways you can slice the trajectory of David in this yeah. film. And in the end, he re- refused to kill himself and was still killed as the monster. Um, so like literally a million ways to slice that. Mm-hmm. But for me, I feel like it's a really good visual example of the power of cognition. Okay. So particularly at convincing us um, that our brain is lying, like convincing ourselves that our brain is lying to us and telling okay. us stories. Okay. So, like, my experience with cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT, if you have any um, experience or if you've heard of it, it's a it's a counseling theory um, to help people get over all sorts of trauma. And um, my experience with it has been extremely positive. It's been extremely difficult but positive. Mm -hmm. And at times it felt like the negative thoughts were impossible to dismantle. Like it feels like that scene where he's sitting in the movie theater and they're all like, here are all the best ways to end your life. And it's like, 
like it's impossible to shut them off they're actually sitting right there telling you like you can't do anything about it they are telling you these things and that's what it feels like in my brain but then working with cbt it's like you can over time work to change those thoughts which will therefore change your behavior or change your behavior which will therefore change those thoughts and then um so I mean I've I've seen progress with CBT so that's that's where my mind went immediately okay, it was yeah. like whoa this movie is like a little visual CBT thingy um and David accepts almost immediately that he is a werewolf. Like he doesn't really fight it. He knows it sounds crazy. Yeah. Because listening to your dead friend and your recent victims is like not normal. Um, <laughs> usually, yeah. <laughs> usually. Uh, so like with this outlook, the movie has an excessively grim ending, I would say, uh, because he is killed. But I don't necessarily mind the grim ending because to me, it doesn't mean that negativity will always win out, which I think is an easy way to look at it. Mm -hmm. um, to me, it just means that it's always worth fighting and taking the journey towards dismantling negative thoughts because they will have or like if you keep working at it, it will have an effect on your behavior and your behavior will help you dismantle those negative thoughts. Okay. And like to me at the end of the film it was like okay well he he just listened to them so just keep fighting and you never really know of course in the movie he's a fucking wolf <laughs> and it's fake so like it's also just a fun werewolf movie <laughs> yeah no that's uh that's that's a much better take than what i had because <laughs> it took me a bit to kind of really think about what's the werewolf mean in this. Because the werewolf always means something. The monster in every monster movie means something. Mm -hmm. For me, I was thinking uh, the werewolf was consequences. Hmm. So okay. they didn't really kind of go down this route, but it was sort of there. Where they're the uh, you know the American backpackers in Europe who are notorious for being giant dickholes everywhere they go. Like yeah, the entire the entitled American uh, backpackers, um, they ignore you know what the locals say don't do, and you know they get attacked. Mm -hmm. um, and then even after that, David's kind of as you mentioned is sort of blissfully unaware when he's human. He's just like just goes back to being himself and goofy and weird, and. Mm -hmm. uh, the only time he gets any consequences is when he's the wolf. That's only when bad things happen. Even when he's trying to get himself arrested, he can't even get arrested because, uh, you know, it's, it's the Americans. It's the, uh, there's no consequences for anything I've done. Um, but then the werewolf is the consequences finally coming home to roost. That was sort of a wow. Take. Yeah, I I really like that take. It it makes a lot of sense too, and it was probably a lot more likely as far as where the filmmaker intent was, because, I mean, it's pretty obvious that the that Americans when we travel are <laughs> not very nice people. Yep. And, um, given the couple of scenes about like, um that show different classes and show like the werewolf Nazis weird, <laughs> yeah. weird scene. Um, 
actually super cool scene, but also super weird. And really weird. Um, like it makes me think that it's almost like America as a whole is just never going to have to deal with our consequences and the werewolf situation, which seemed to be protected by the townsfolk Mm -hmm. seemed to be protected by Scotland Yard was like, it's a murder. Then just sacrifice them. It's the only way they're going to learn. Like, so the werewolf ism is essentially like England and the other allied powers that keep having to deal with the consequences of our actions. Yep. (laughs) And the Americans are like us, our blissful, stupid country. That's like, I do what I want. Guns, 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 blah, blah, blah. There are no consequences. And then, you know, fast forward to 2021 and we're all hurting. Yep. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that's really cool and probably way more on target. <laughs> Everything's open for interpretation. It's not wrong. Unless... Oh, I know. I'm not saying my interpretation is wrong. It's just that I almost, I always feel like yeah. I go off in left field of like, well, let's go look up cognitive behavioral theory and blah. And you're like, well, it's pretty obviously just like this, this thing right here. I'm like, ah, shit. <laughs> But it did take me a bit. I think because last movie, it's they, it was made it stupid obvious in The Wolfman what the werewolf was. Oh, like, yeah. They, I think they just almost look in the camera and go, this is what the werewolf means. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty clear. <laughs> so it this one's much more for interpretation, and I had to sit and think. like it's. But, uh, yeah. Um, That's literally why we do this podcast, is so oh, we yeah. can think about werewolves. <laughs> think about werewolves. Well, thinking about werewolves, I think we do need to address the uh, the werewolf in the room, I guess, instead of the elephant in the room, the werewolf in the room. We, we should. <laughs> we should. The, uh, I think a the werewolf mo- in my room? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Sun's still out here, so I'm okay. But <laughs> um, the makeup in this movie, I think, is what it's most known for. Um, we won't go quite into the transformation yet, but uh, I mean, I'm ready to if you want to yeah, go we into can talk transformation that. and makeup stuff. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think this is the most famous werewolf transformation of all time. It has I to agree. Be. I agree. I think when people think like when I say people, when I like when people of all generations, like all age groups, think of a werewolf transformation, this is probably the most common one that people think of. Yeah. And it's it's amazing. And I actually uh, saw an article where John Landis said that he didn't mean to focus on it as much as he did, but it was just done so well he couldn't help but film more of it and put more in his movie. And he's That's like, awesome. He's like, I probably could have cut some of that, but no, it just kept being great. <laughs> Give me more. Uh so good and you mentioned earlier that the transformation was to the song blue moon yeah which made it so much better (laughs) (laughs) well it it was just perfect yeah i watched him like screaming and sweating and growing all his hairy hair (laughs) and it's like blue moon <laughs> yeah, it's actually thinking about you during that because I think last episode you did say you like you want a more painful transformation. You like a painful I transformation. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is this doesn't look this fun. It does not look fun. He seemed really upset the whole time. 
And I like that, like, right before he started, he's like, it's so hot. Yeah. Like, he's, like, ripping his clothes <laughs> off, which I thought was a clever way to get his clothes off. Yeah. Because why else would he be saying that it's hot? But it's like, if I needed him to get his clothes off, I would be like, oh, well, for some reason, his temperature rises when all of this happens. So rip those clothes off, buddy. <laughs> and then his little nakey nake oh, yeah. buddy is, like, all getting all hairy. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of David Butt. Oh yeah. In this film. <laughs> they uh this last time we were joking about how like the, after the werewolves died they got their clothes back magically. And yes. and they address that in this one. You don't get your clothes back. <laughs> no, you don't get your clothes back. You do not. Which I thought was funny is at what point like I get he woke up as a naked in a wolf enclosure in a zoo and that can be disorienting. But in what sure. in what world is bribing a kid while you're naked, like trying to give him money, like ever uh, the plan, like that's never going to end well. <laughs> it, it was uh, very disturbing. I, I, yeah, it was just like, oh, product, product of its time. Yeah. It I was like, that must have been the comedy, I guess. But That was definitely comedy. It was definitely comedy, but... It is not comedy by our by our 2021 <laughs> standards at all. It's like, oh, naked dude in the, hey, kid with the balloons, come, I'm going to give you money. No, I'm not. I'm going to steal your balloons. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. And like, it, I wasn't like offended or anything, but it's like, all I'm thinking is like, that's how you get a red dot on your house. That's yes. exactly how you get a red yes. dot on your house. That is exactly how to do that. Mm-hmm. If you were wondering, go hide in a bush naked and talk to children and promise to give them money. Uh, that's that's how it happens. But um, on the makeup too, even though the werewolf transformation is amazing and deserves all the props too, what doesn't get talked about enough, I think, is his ghost buddy. Oh yeah, he looks Jack's amazing. makeup is amazing. Like still by today's yeah. standards. No, I was just like, I want to do that for like a Halloween something or whatever. Like I don't think anyone would get it. <laughs> They'd just be like, oh, you're a dead guy. <laughs> but <laughs> but I just it would. Be, he looks fantastic. All of them. All yeah, three every of steps his appearances. Yep. Like he. The freshly dead one when he's like all flippity flappity skin. Yep. I just love it. I, oh yeah, it's just so good. And then, um, I really appreciated the like tight skin in the second appearance, mm-hmm. where like half of his face is rotting, so the skin is tight, and you could see like the way it was moving. It moved in a believable way. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, good job, y'all. Yep. Like, I'm just extremely impressed. Um. And then, like, in the last one, I was trying to think, like, I mean, you and I, we've seen tons of movies where people are all skeletal under some skin. But, mm-hmm. like, I I think what made the skeletal one look so cool is that it had just enough flesh around the eyes to make it look, like, not entirely like an animatronic, yeah, you know, sort of thing. Like, it was just... Mm. Yeah, they very impressed. Yeah, they gave it enough to be an emotion, have emotions to where it wasn't just like a skeleton on a stick going. Meh! <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly my yeah. point. Yeah, not like 
sitting there with their, <laughs> you know, like a little, uh, little stick for the jaw where it's like, da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> well, like a little puppet. Well, speaking of puppets, perfect transition. Frank oh. o- Frank Oz is in this movie. He is. I didn't he realize that. A teeny tiny appearance. And it's that is hilarious. I did laugh at that. Where uh, he's freaking out in the hospital, and all his line is, calm down, calm down, you need to calm down. <laughs> like, like, that's how you calm people down. You just yell, calm down at them constantly. <laughs> yeah, that's always worked for me. I can tell you what, if I'm not calm and you keep screaming, calm down at me, I'm sorry in advance for whatever comes out of my mouth. <laughs> Uh, out of your mouth, if we're lucky. I'm worried of what comes throwing at people. Yeah, that too. <laughs> you don't have to tell people I throw stuff. <laughs> um, I do want to go ahead and give some props to the special effects artist. So uh, on IMDb, the uh, three folks, it says uncredited. Um, hmm. So I don't know what that means as far as like why they're uncredited uh but the three names are neil corbold martin gutridge and garth inns yeah. so and also uh rick baker is a, was a main makeup artist on this as oh, okay. well he's uh cool. if you're not in the horror community he's a big deal I did not. Why? Why can't I find his name? Anyway, I don't know. It's right on. It's right on my Wikipedia under production credits. Oh, I'm not on Wikipedia. Ah. Wikipedia.org. <laughs> I okay, <laughs> Matt. Other Matt. <laughs> See, it still works. <laughs> um. Right. It does. Uh. But yeah. So like going back to the transformation. Yeah. Um. So it starts with hands and feet, uh, which, again, is what we saw with the wolfman mm-hmm. um and then it does this the poofy spine oh yeah where i love the poofy spine <laughs> makes me happy and then it does his face uh which is great oh, yeah. i think one of my favorite things like so one of the things i love i talked about like the um uh what do you call it the pain like it being a painful yeah. transformation yep. the other thing i love are stretchy faces. Okay. Yeah, this one's got that in spades. It's got super <laughs> stretchy face. Just a whole lot of stretching in the face area. And it is awesome. Oh, yeah. I, like, what I really enjoyed was, like, it didn't leave a lot to the imagination, mm-hmm. which at times is good. Like, if it's, like, in the dark or whatever, and it's, like, building up fear or something like that, you don't necessarily want to see the transformation right away. But, uh... Nah, it's like you said, it was all on camera. Yeah, all physical. My favorite part was uh, when he's on his back. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I know how it's done. Like, I've seen so many specials and everything on it, but it's so interesting to me to see it all put together. And like, oh, the full body. Yeah, and you see like his feet yeah. are doing the, uh, it's got a word, but it's like the, the bend in the dog's leg now. And uh-huh. it's, yeah, it's really yeah, amazing. It's the full body shot is so satisfying to like finally see a full body werewolf transformation. You're like, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. And what makes it even crazier. I, oh, go ahead. 
No, 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 go ahead. What makes it even crazier, at least for me, and especially compared to the last movie, is we talked about the difference between like a bipedal werewolf compared to like a wolf mm-hmm. wolf. And this is a transformation from a human into a wolf. He's not a wolf man. He's, and you're going to kill me for making this uh, correlation, but he's closer to like a twilight werewolf than <laughs> the, I'm not uni- you, <laughs> the universal But we werewolf. are not watching that on this show. No. <laughs> I mean, maybe if someone pays us, but I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I thought that was cool. Um I don't know. I like that idea because a lot of times we get, we are so ingrained with like the wolf man to see mm-hmm. the wolf and then to see that detailed of a transformation between going into a human to wolf because back to Twilight, they just like rip their shirt off and like magically transform into a wolf and <laughs> it's really boring and lame and this one's like, no, nah, this is some shit. Like yeah. it's changing your entire anatomy. <laughs> It's so cool. And that's worth noting that like the final um, form of the wolf in the transformation, we don't see until the end. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this dude is Jack. He looks like, like you gave a pit bull. He looks like three pit bulls in wolf form. (laughs) Like, and he is shaggy and gray, which I was like, how did his hair go from brown to gray? I was like, does he age really fast? Is it like pubes? Like his undercoat is brown, but then like as time passes, they get all gray. I don't know. <laughs> I have a lot of questions about Wolfer in this film, but yeah, he's super. He's super gray at the end, and he's got like that crazy snarling bloody oh, yeah. mouth. It's so cool. Now, he is like the wolf he turns into reminds me of like a rabid coyote. Like, you wouldn't oh, want to get yeah. near it at all. Like, something is obviously wrong with this creature. If you saw it on the side of the road, you're like, yeah, I'm not, I'm going to keep going. No. <laughs> nope. Yeah, I'm just going to scoop up my dog, and I'm going to hop in my car, and we're going to the other side of town. Thank you. <laughs> like, that's a wolf, like, that's a wolf that's seen some shit, it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, so true. So, on our rating system of... What was it? Puppy to... A pup to a wolf. wolf. (laughs) All right. So on our rating system of pup to wolf, where does this transformation lie for you? This is full wolf. This is the transformation for me. I agree. I I won't say it is like the best transformation of all time because I've seen some shit. But I do think that this is like because of the role it has played in werewolf cinema like this is this is five yeah this is wolf yeah um like everybody strive to do this and improve upon it and without this we would not have the crazy newer stuff that we've seen oh yeah so like hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i got a couple fun little facts that i found here or a little kind of funny notes uh, so the cabbie that takes them back to the hospital after his first night of, uh, rampaging. Oh yeah. That's Bricktop from Snatch. What? Yeah. The guy really? that, yeah, that's the guy that feeds people the pigs. It's Bricktop. Whoa. I was like, I know that guy. I know that guy. <laughs> he looked familiar. He definitely looked familiar. I had that thought when I watched it and I was like, I wonder who that is. I feel like I should know him. And then, like, did not put the effort in to look it up. 
huh. you go. Interesting. I, I would not have guessed. I didn't write down the actor's name. I was just like, that's Bricktop. <laughs> um, Alex is too good for David. I'm just throwing that 100%. out there. <laughs> oh, man. She's great. I really like Alex. I like yeah. her character a lot. And I like the way that the actress performed her. Like, she was believable. You know, she does the naive lovey do dad thing like even when he was like i love you she was like what yeah <laughs> <laughs> but then in the end like because he had done the foreshadowing of like only people that love werewolves can kill them and then she was like i love you but then she actually ends up like killing him so i guess it was true kind of worked yeah um but yeah i just thought that she was believable the whole time and i like that she wasn't surprised by his wolfy body yeah <laughs> Um, she was like, oh, yeah, sure. I mean, nurses see some shit, so. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, you know. Um, and but, yeah, I really liked her. And you alluded to this before, but I had to mention again, uh, really unrealistic unre- shower sex. <laughs> yeah, no. No, no. Especially in a shower in England. Have you seen those showers? <laughs> Super tiny. Super tiny shower. And that dude is not like a petite dude. No. Like, yeah. I, um, that sex scene. Good Lord. It was just like one of those, like, oh, here we go. And it's going to last for the next five minutes. And it was actually oh, longer. Uh, John Landis, because uh, this one had some, it wasn't quite to where the NPAA killed everything, because this is right mm-hmm. at the tip of them doing that. But they did mm-hmm. have a lot of cuts that they had to make to make it uh, an R rating. And part oh. of it was a shorter sex scene. Um, Interesting. And apparently okay. you got to see what happened to the homeless people a lot more. Uh, okay. And they had to cut that out. All the gruesome how they died and yep. stuff. Mm. So. I, th- I did appreciate that there was no distinction of like the werewolf eats the rich although i was very excited when the rich people were first i was like oh he's gonna literally eat the, eat rich. the rich but then he immediately ate the not rich and i was like hey <laughs> <laughs> but that meant that there was no discrimination so yeah. yay i guess uh, we're allowed to eat the rich come on <laughs> i know i just i hear you oh and uh, uh, uh go ahead Nope, go ahead. And another thing that got cut out, and I just think it's funny, is there was a scene of uh, Jack eating toast while he's in his early scene of like kind of being fleshy, and the toast falls out of his neck, and I just want to see that scene, and it got cut. Oh, <laughs> that's great. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, those sorts of things are like super goofy, but it's fun. Well, it's a fun movie. So I feel bad about our, uh, effects artists and horror movies in the 80s. Because they made them cut mm-hmm. so many things that they obviously worked really hard to make look cool. And of course. Like, Friday the 13th, my, one of my favorite franchises of all time, is right in the center of that. And so much gets cut out. And all the special features are like, yeah, no, this is supposed to do this, that, and the other. And this is supposed to do this. And then they cut. <laughs> I wish they had still had the footage. Like Yeah, and they lost most of it to time, at least in the newest box set that I have. They talk about that uh, a lot, too. Like, it's just gone. It's a- bummer yeah. such a bummer um let's see and i got uh oh this is one i should have brought it up earlier but we're gonna bring it up now okay so all all his victims follow him around that's part of the mythos set up in this movie 
do the car crash victims that he caused in his crazy wreck, do they also follow him around? I mean, I see no reason why not. Like, if he would have survived to the next day, he would have just had, like, an entire posse of people just screaming, like, profanities at him. Like, absolutely. It was utter chaos when he ran out. I was like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. It was like a Blues Brothers level of crashes everywhere. It was nuts, which is pretty funny. Yeah. In hindsight. But I'm just like, (laughs) so do all those people follow? Do do those count, or is it the only ones he directly bites? That's a good question. I mean, technically, I don't think they would count, but it'd be really funny if they It would be. (laughs) Just this whole townsfolk just following around everywhere he goes. (laughs) Right? Ah, God. Yes. And they got to drop the C-bomb, and I always enjoy that. <laughs> they did? Only once. I don't exactly remember where, but they definitely dropped the C-bomb. What are you, Australian? <laughs> you wish. You wish you were Australian. I wish I was okay, Australian. Got it. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was my funnest part all about right. going to England, is you can drop that all you want, because it's innocuous. There. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's such a weird thing to look forward to, Matt. <laughs> such a weird thing. Well, I happy for you, I guess. As as a you cis you, white buddy. male, I'm just so oppressed that you know I, I have know. to go to other countries to enjoy myself. <laughs> oh my god! For the record, he is joking. I am joking. Please don't come at him. <laughs> he is doing this to make me roll my eyes one thousand times. That is. No, the C-bomb is one of the minor things that, as a guy, you're not allowed to do at all. It's true. (laughs) I mean, even women, I don't know a lot of women that would want to hear that from another woman. In America. Eh. So you got uh, anything else you want to bring up? No, um, but before we go into, this is like way like, just shoving it in here there is no segue go for it um so before we go talk about sequels i do need to mention that if you want to follow us on uh (laughs) twitter (laughs) or instagram we are at goth and sloth boom i just dropped that in there in the middle of nowhere it's because i forgot to put it we did forget the the beginning so So do it in the middle (laughs) i did in the middle it's better than the end when everybody's like, Peace Yeah, out. they've already dipped out. There you go. So <laughs> Goth and Sloth on Twitter, Instagram, Face, not Facebook. Not Facebook. Uh, you can email us. You can us, email us, Goth and Sloth at Gmail. If you want, Ta-da. if you want any, if you want to add any suggestions, we actually got a couple suggestions um, oh, in the last few weeks. Yep. I'll uh, bring <laughs> the- that makes sense that I'm. I'm paying so much attention. I will, uh, In my defense, I was moving. Oh, yeah. No, you've been busy. A move is not an easy thing. It is not. My boobs sweat so much <laughs> over the last couple of weeks. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I'll bring those up in uh, when we talk about our uh, upcoming discussions of movies that we're doing. Oh, yeah. So, uh, American werewolf in london had one sequel that came out 16 years after the fact (laughs) yes (laughs) called an american werewolf in paris which i have not seen and i haven't seen it either not had great 
feedback I've heard is not great. So yeah. I'm assuming it's not great. Um, I mean, who knows? It could be something that I like that nobody else does. But This is true. I mean, maybe if enough people want us to watch it, we can add it to our our list. Absolutely. Uh, Metacritic has it at a 31 out of 100, so... Yay. Yay. <laughs> so there's that. Um, and now here's the part you get to really roll your eyes on, so you might need to stretch them. So oh, proposed remakes. Oh, God. In uh, June 2009, Dimension Films said they were working on a remake, um, and it uh delayed due to a bunch of issues and then finally died but then was resurrected once again in 2016 by max landis john landis's son which is um problematic but because he's problematic uh it got canned once more okay but then got resurrected for a third time in 2019 Uh. variety reported robert kirkman walking dead robert kirkman invincible robert kirkman is oh never mind i'm good is working uh uh, as a producer and possibly writing a remake of an american werewolf in london and that's if he's writing i'm in if he is writing it i will watch it (laughs) if he's just producing it then i'm not sure but Give me, give me that, give me a nasty <laughs> an American Werewolf in London. So that was, uh, you know, 2019. Obviously, 2020 is a scratch year for all movie <laughs> things. I know, so. right? Such a bummer. <laughs> so you know, I mean, good things happened in 2020 in film. It's just no one knows about it. Yeah, yeah, and it delayed a whole bunch of other stuff, even stuff mm-hmm. that like not just the movies getting pushed back, but like production in general of a lot of movies. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. So yeah, we'll we'll see what happens if it ever does get a remake, but it has been threatened with a remake for over 10 years now in various forms. <laughs> but luckily uh, we are yes. we are saved from the Max Landis version of American World. That is good. Good lord. <laughs> and yeah, I was... and then yeah, no more sequels or anything are planned as of now. So that is so this is it. That is it. This is what you get. So if you if you, if you ignore it. the possible <laughs> bad one that we haven't seen, so can't say, um, it's a really good standalone. <laughs> yeah, for real, exactly. So yeah, I think that's everything. Uh, so I would say this stands up to the test of time. Hundred uh, percent. It like in well, in some ways, I I think that the effects yeah. stand up to the test of time. I do think the humor at large stands up to the test of time, but the content doesn't because we in 2021 don't joke about killing ourselves. We don't joke about talking to kids naked in a bush. Um, so like from the, from the 2021 lens, I think that some of the content doesn't stand up to the test of time, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean like if I, if I ever, say that about a film me personally i do not mean that you should not watch it it just means that be aware that there's going to be some out-of-date stuff yeah um and it and to me again talking personally i was not offended by the talk of um killing yourself or joking about killing yourself i have had a lot of struggle with that in the past and in recent past 
I joke about it myself, so I like get it on that level. Uh, but I totally understand that a lot of people would not be cool with yeah. that. And if you're not cool with it, you're not cool with it. Like this is there are other movies to watch, or just watch the transformation. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's all you got to see. It's amazing. Yes. It so yeah, that, but that's yeah. an American werewolf in London. It is. So moving on, we're going to talk about what we're watching. We still don't really have a title for this section. So if you have a suggestion on that, we are open to hearing it. Um, so what are you watching lately, Matt? So um, still getting through my Federation Fridays. I am on the um, oh, what's it? the Calvin timeline of the Star Trek movies, which is the new ones. Um, mm-hmm. And I just rewatched uh, the t- 2009 one, and it's still really good. I really enjoyed that a lot. Yay. Uh, I, I liked it, too, for sure. Um, and let's see. What else have I got? I finished all the Insidious movies. Um, good for you. Did you watch the new Conjuring? I did see the new Conjuring. Did you see the new Conjuring? I did see the new Conjuring. It's just fine. <laughs> It's terrible. It's <laughs> fucking awful. I thought I hated it. I, I hated every second. <laughs> I, I had to laugh really hard when they brought up the Satanists. I won't try and spoil it too much, but I'm like, ah, uh, satanic panic. <laughs> it's just so st- uh, all d- uh, anyway. Okay, I, <laughs> people haven't watched it. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, but yeah, just know that I'm bitching about it inside. Well. <laughs> For context, you don't really care for much of the Conjuring movies, do you? True. True story. I prefer the Insidious uh, lore. I like the lore behind Insidious. I don't think that Insidious 3 is very good, but that's just me. Uh, The Conjuring stuff, it's like fine, but there are just so many better like ghost stories and franchises out there. I just... It's just not worth it to me to watch. My time is worth yeah. more. That's all. <laughs> well, see, so I think the lesson is, is The Conjuring 3 is in the same boat as the other Conjuring movies. Because I also think the other ones are just fine. Okay. I think that Conjuring 3 is potentially you the worst. You do think it's of, the worst? The worst Conjuring. Uh, um, the Nun was might, really bad. I, Come on. I might have to go back. I might have to go back and, and determine which one is the worst for me which is going to take a lot of time because like I said, my time is valuable. Is true. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it's not the worst. Um, there may be, I think there was one that I like didn't finish. I think it might've been the second one. Uh, the one in London. I think so. There was one where I was watching it and like after about 25, 35 minutes, I was like, no, <laughs> just uh, no, didn't thank watch you. the rest of it. <laughs> So, yeah. so yeah, you're right. You're right. I do not have a great track record with the country. And that's fine. But I think I think with uh at least for me, I think it's right in the same vein as the other ones. Maybe slightly okay. a dip, but it's not like better than any of them at all. Like uh, <laughs> this isn't going to change your mind on conjuring. <laughs> no. No, it will not. Um Besides that, I did want to bring up in this section of the show, there was a new werewolf movie coming out to theaters, and I thought that was very serendipitous. Yeah, new werewolf movie. Um, so it's actually based on a video game, and it's, uh, was it 
werewolf in hiding or where no the werewolf the werewolf within, within yes um so i'm a little nervous that's based off a video game because video game movies but it looks like a really good horror comedy so i'm excited for that. i feel like we're like video game based movies could be it doesn't mean it's automatically bad it doesn't but they don't have a great track record see mortal Kombat. your track record <laughs> Well, Resident Evil. The first one, yes. Yes. Then it goes downhill real fast. I I only meant the first one. (laughs) Okay. But and uh, supposedly Sonic's really good. I haven't seen it. And um, the new the Tomb Raider movie was supposed to be pretty okay. So uh, there might be some, but like I saw the new Mortal Kombat and. You got to be a Mortal Kombat fan. <laughs> like in Oh yeah, I watched that too and I uh it was great background music while I slept. <laughs> that's that's a good way to put it. Like I enjoyed parts of it, but I'm uh, It was fine. I'm like su- it, I loved how gory it was. Yeah. I was like, "Aha, this is fun." And then I was kind of over the the nostalgia in about Again, 30, 35 minutes. I, I'm a I'm a slut for fan service. So when they have like, oh, they have Natara. She was only in one Mortal Kombat. They actually brought her in. Woo! <laughs> I think I I genuinely think it would have been more of a popcorn movie for me if I would have watched it with friends. Yeah. Um, but like I ended, I just watched it by myself, and it was like really late, and it just didn't hold my attention, and I fell asleep, and I slept well. <laughs> So and all right, so not to bogart this whole section. One more thing I'm bringing up is he did get a suggestion on Twitter. Um, it's Good okay. Manners, the Brazilian lesbian werewolf movie. I love that. Movie. So we love that. We movie. might have to add that to the list. It is legitimately one of my who who recommended that, that? is from Allison Kodzig. Sorry if I mispronounced your last name. Hell yeah, Allison. Y'all, you and me are besties because that movie is one of my very, very favorite movies that I've watched recently. I actually just talked about it on another podcast. It's really good. We should, we can definitely so, watch it. I'm there's down. two to add to the list: The Werewolf Within and Good Manners, if we so choose. Yeah. yeah. So what what have you been watching? What have you been getting into? Um, I haven't had a ton of time, but I've been watching The Handmaid's Tale because, because, um, and (laughs) I've been, uh, I watched a couple, like, newer horror films. Nothing, like, really jumped out at me. I watched Caveat. It was the night that I moved, so I did not stay awake. I need to rewatch the rest of it. Not because it wasn't good. I was very Mm -hmm. interested. I was just very sleepy. Um... So I intend to go back and finish that one. And um, the I also recently watched, um, so it's June, Happy Pride. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. And um, on uh, Humanoids from the Deep Dive, where I'm a ho- co-host, we did two queer movies. And so night, night, I can never say this. ever correctly i don't know what's wrong with me (laughs) nightmare on elm street 2 and hellraiser so i watched those two and it was so so much fun revisiting those 
um i just i don't think i would have yeah other than having to talk about it um so it was kind of like a little gift to myself of like hey you you should you know you really like these movies and the thing about nightmare on elm street mm-hmm. 2 um is that like I only ever thought of it as the sequel to the first one, which is the best. Yeah. So I always just kind of poo-pooed it. Like I was just oh, like, Oh no. Eh. Yeah. It's my nightmare on Elm street two. It's not as good as the first one. If I'm going to watch one, I'm just going to watch the first one. Why would I watch this one? And then I watched it as a standalone film and it is so it good. Is. I love, I love it. It's my favorite sequel, I think. And a lot of people that crap on it sequel in that franchise let's just say not sequel of all time but anyways um <laughs> but a lot of people crap on that one and it's actually incredibly good and i think it was just everyone saw it as you know the not so good version of the first one but well yeah and it came out within a year after the first yep. one and it's like yeah but the this masterpiece just happened like what do you want me to do and in like like going back and watching it as a standalone, it really jumped way out to the forefront. Oh for yeah, me. and I love not in front of not in front oh, of the no. first one. First one, like I said, is a masterpiece. But um, yeah, I agree that it's the best sequel. Yep, uh, and yeah, I love the queer coding in that one, and oh, so much yeah. queer coding, so <laughs> good. Ah, uh, like yeah, we talk about it at length in the other episode, which I think comes out next monday don't quote me on that i don't know look for it (laughs) something something humanoids from the deep dive is the name of the podcast and it's one of our pride episodes so i don't know if that will help you find it but hopefully because you'll get hear me nerd out about all of the queer coding and that and like uh romanticism versus sexuality yeah i love it great good stuff that's a whole good franchise to go through anyways because the next three are also very solid and that gets real bad. But <laughs> but then it gets really good at the end because Wes Craven came back and did New Nightmare and made the whole thing really meta and interesting because he... Man, I don't remember that. Oh, that one's, that one's I have to real go back. solid. Maybe that'll be my like October rewatch series. Yeah. Along with Halloween, obviously. <laughs> Very cool. Duh. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that will take us to our wrap up. So to kick off our wrap up, what are what movie are we watching next week? Uh, not next week. Next, next time. Next time. We're releasing every two yes. weeks. So we're diving back to my childhood in 1994, and we are seeing the movie called Wolf, starring Jack Nicholson and Michelle Pfeiffer. I don't remember anything about this movie except that it existed and I saw it at some point in my life. So I'm very excited <laughs> to, to look at this again. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think I've seen it. So this is going to be new. This is going to be new for me. And this is Matt's pick. It so is. Matt will be running the episode next time. So It's going to be awesome. Yes. So uh, where can people find you, Matt? So I am a wizard underscore Matt on Twitter or wizard cosplay on the Instagram or wizard dot Matt on TikTok. I've started TikToking by myself. <laughs> you are, you crack me up. <laughs> There's so many ways to find you. <laughs> uh, I know I, I'm really bad at brand branding. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> but on my good branding, my band is Leonardo Leonardo Band, and you can find all our pl- all our things at LeonardoLeonardoBand.com. It's all together, one place, simple. <laughs> good job. Good job. I'm proud of you. Oh, <laughs> where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at L-U-N-A underscore M-I-N-U-I-T. That's Luna Minui. Uh, I post places periodically. There you go. That's some good <laughs> alliteration right there. Yeah, you know, sometimes I just, I, I'm a pro like that, you know, <laughs> just like comes out. Yeah, right. Oh, my God. Anyway, well, thank you so much for listening and hanging out with us. We will be back in your feeds in two weeks with some more werewolf shit. Oh.